Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Define You Radio, where you get lessons, tips, and more from those who decided to define life on their own terms and are changing the lives of others. Pens and papers ready. Class is now in session. I, I think me and the queens are going to have to get together and uh, maybe sing for the new Define You Radio <laughs> intro. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Define You Radio classes in session, where you get the life lesson strategies and so much more to teach you how to define life on your own terms. I am your host. Y'all know the voice, the Southern Belle of Bold, Valencia Griffin Wallace, and of course, I'm so excited because I am joined tonight by one of my beautiful hot seat queens, Miss LaVon. Go ahead and say hey to the audience. Hey, audience. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if y'all listened in last week live, you know we we didn't do hot seat Tuesday. We had wild Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So tonight we're having another wild Wednesday in... You know, y'all need to get y'all pens and papers ready because we're really just bringing on the quality and the quantity, and we're just bringing on everything you need to know and and more because right now it's all about the Atlanta Black Theater Festival happening in Atlanta the first week in October, and I will be there. I'm trying to drag my queens by the crown if need be to be there. So uh <laughs> so that's that's my two cents. Um tonight I'm really excited and it's a very interesting topic. You guys make sure you're following the Define You Radio Facebook page to keep up with tonight's show, future shows. You never know what we're gonna do or who we're having on. So we'd love to hear your comments as well. Um we're joined by an award-winning playwright, Miss Jeanette Hill. Hey, Jeanette. Hey, how's it going? It's it's going great. We're really excited to to have you on and talk about clean sheets. But before we get into that, why don't you go ahead and and tell the audience a little bit about you? Uh, I always hate this part. Uh, I, I'm a playwright, producer, uh, director, now writer. I've been picked up for a couple of anthologies for some fiction and nonfiction. But um, I, I basically I, I write what I what I feel. They've been trying to find a niche for me for the past five years because I'm not traditional. I'm not classic. I'm not urban. Uh, so we just restructured it and said that I'm a creative. I'm a creative activist because of the type of topics mm-hmm. that I. Um, I address. So what I do is I'm just blazing the road wherever I can get through. Uh, that's Love what I it. do. I, I write, yeah, I write, you know, different kinds of things. I'm, I'm definitely not afraid to approach any topic. So if it's out there, I, the best way for me to explain what I am, I write about black life the way black people live it. Jesus. Oh, I'm sorry. Was my line not muted <laughs> when I said that? <laughs> I feel like Jack Nicholson, you can't handle the truth. Um, yeah. It's going to be calm. Like, I almost feel like since Shannon's not here, which, 
You know, hey, Shannon, oh, if you're gosh. listening mm-hmm. to you, <laughs> Shannon is our, uh, what's, what's the, it's, it's words, our cut-up queen. She's normally the one that mm-hmm. goes in. I'm the mediator, and LaVon is more of the, um, I don't know if calm is the correct word. I'm going to work on that. But one of the things I always say, LaVon will hit us with some Bible out the blue. Mm-hmm. So that's I got to find a term because she's one of those people that could definitely go from, um, you know, gangster to gospel in about five seconds. Uh, oh, and, man. Uh, let, let me She's a warm worshiper. Yes. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> I do. I it, like it. You like that, LaVon? We're going to have to. Yeah, your hashtag. <laughs> um. I, I love that you said the black the way black people live their their lives because there's so I always tell people there's a levels to to black just like there's different mm-hmm. shades of black there's levels to black that that's the best way I could say it but as you're you're writing because everybody's process is different as you're writing what helps you get into the level of black you're writing about. I, you know, my character, my, I know it, uh, all the artists will tell you this, my character is just as real to me as people sitting next to you right now are real to you. And so as I look around life, and I've, I've lived long enough to have experienced some life, and I see life happening all around me, I just, I just take what I'm seeing and I throw some of the people I am, because I have this, my, my creative space is called the Amen Circle, and it's a uh. fictional place that I've designed. Uh, and it's, what it basically is, it's like uh, a free slave, but all this acreage made it in. They made it into a park, and then they put all these houses and churches around it. But with all the Jesus that you would think would be on, all, with all these churches on every corner, hell breaks loose daily. Jesus. And so that's what I oh. write about. I I love that, uh, Levon. I'm gonna go ahead and let you kick off with your. Um, I know you have some questions. If you want to go ahead and and kick off tonight's interview, I do, I do. Um, Danette, I love that you have coined that phrase, titling yourself a creative activist, because it's usually two words you don't hear together. You know, an activist. You know, for me, when I read that, I'm thinking, you know, fists in the air, you know, chanting and protesting. But as I continue to read through your story and read through um, how your writings come about, I can see, you know, the activists in the creation um, coming together. Can you tell us a little bit about that process? How do you bring out where you're able to paint the picture, but you're also bringing that message? As well as because I try, I try to bring it as, as, as we live our lives, the way that we live our lives. When you look at a lot of stories about African-Americans, one, unfortunately, a lot of them are not written by African-Americans. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you have a story that is presented about us by someone who is not us. And so that will always bring you a slightly different spin or different perspective on how that story is told. And, so, and that's one of the reasons that I went into the activist mode because I'm going to tell, I tell our stories with our voice. So when I see stories and it's like, oh, well, they have, you know, they have this angry black woman and she's, you know, she's either drinking or she's smoking or she's going to cuss somebody out. 
Okay, yeah, there are women like that, but there are also women who will take you, sit you down at a table, get a glass of ice water, and school you. Mm. Mm. Yes, yes. So, you know, I try to show all, all facets of it, you know, not just the, the the ones where they're looking to make the money, where, oh, yeah, we need to show mm-hmm. this. We need to show the brothers as, you know, always being angry, always trying to fight. That's why you'll always say, you may find a brother in something I've written where they may be a little off to the left, but you're going to also mm-hmm. find a brother that knows who he is and knows how to present who he is and know how to keep you out of that space. Wow. So I, I, I just like doing this. Yeah, the same way with women, you know, just don't, because we're so, we're so bad. When you said there's so different, so many different ways, shades of black, we are so vastly different mm. until there's just no way to pigeonhole, oh, write about a black woman. Okay, no, I need more than that. <laughs> you know, I need more than that. What, mm. what, what about her? Is she a mother? Is she a doctor? Is she a lawyer? Is she a streetwalker? Is she somebody that works at movies? You know, what What are we talking about here? You know, is she happy? Wow. Is she sad? Is she raising five children without a husband? Or does she have a husband who's a lawyer and they have 2.5 children who one is in Harvard and one is in Stanford? What are we talking about? I love it. Because you really are bringing the true diversity of the black community and you're really breaking the stereotypical, you know, angry black woman um, deadbeat dad, alcoholic, you know, not at home, single. You bring in, you just breaking all of those stereotypes and showing the realness of of the black the black community. You know, we there are some two parent households. You know, there, there are, are yeah, some there are educated. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love it. I love it. You know, and when we when we try to do this, and my job is when I did my artist statement, which was so hard for me to do because I, I didn't know you were supposed to have an artist statement. I'm a writer. I thought artist statements were for uh, <laughs> artists, you know, you know, people that were painting pictures. And so I, 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 it took me a minute, and I said, okay, you know, what do you do? You know, I write, I write stories because I remember those days when we sat on the front porch on the steps when you had to be quiet when grown folks were talking about things that were going on. And they could solve. They need to go back to that because there are some folks I know that can sit on that porch and solve the world's problems. But we Come have to let man. that keep going. Yeah, we have to keep. You know, we have to let that keep going because, and we need to tell our stories because we have to tell our stories not only generation to generation, but we have to tell them from heart to heart and from soul to soul, so that we can, um, you know, so that we can, so that we can keep our, um, you know, keep keep us alive. Without yes. watering down who we are, uh, and that 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 that's kind of how I how I write how I take you no know, I take a spin on looking around and seeing all the all the different faces and the different phases that African American people have now. I I love oh, that. Um, I wanted to kind of chime in a little bit or, or throw throw something out there because. I know um, stereotypes, they not only come from outside the community, they come in from inside the community and pass on by things we say and everything else so that when there's someone that um, is different from the stereotype, you think you think something's wrong with them. And I, and I say all that to say I think that's one of the reasons why it's more popular 
to portray the angry black woman because that's that a stereotype that even even within the um even within the community that we perpetuate our you know ourselves. And that, yeah, and that's because you no, know, we sometimes we don't have a heightened uh, vision of who we really are, you know, at the core of of the black community and our history in this country, and so we take on those things that have been projected onto us by other people sometimes, or by us, because you know we have to have. If you're a strong black woman, you know, what's the uh, you can you earn the money, you buy the bacon, you fry it, and then you go plant some tomatoes. You just do everything, and we need to get out of the stereotype because I need to be able to tell you sometimes, hey, I'm tired. I'm tired. Exactly. Okay. And I and, exactly. and today I need to be able to tell you something like, okay, yes, I know I love my children, love with all my heart, but right now I need big mama, somebody come and get these kids out of this house. Right. I need, I need to right. go take a bath. You know, I, with some I'm and I, need to be, I need to be able to tell you that I'm mad and how mad I am without you trying to tell me how I need to be politically correct. Right. You need to understand. I can tell you often, too, and I have a poison tongue. I'm not saying that's a good thing, but I just happen to have one. <laughs> and I can tell you often, never never raise my voice, never change my tone, and never say a cuss word. But you leave sure. me looking for a Band-Aid. Yes. That's my kind of, <laughs> that's my kind of talk. <laughs> You know, and then there's that, those of us that are such peace peacemakers. We, we know we we bend over backwards and tie ourselves in a knot to try to keep peace in our families and everything else. And sometimes you can't tell by the face that you see. When we we did a play right. about domestic violence a few uh, last last year, I think. But it's you know, and we try to, especially in our community. We have this thing, and I've heard. I'm serious. I have heard more elder people tell it to younger women that okay, if he's not hitting you, he's not abusing you. If you have a house to go to at the end of the day, you're not. You don't have anything to complain about. If you have food on the table, you should be happy. Because there's some single women struggling. Yes, there is. But when he calls me the B word, when he when he yep. talks down to me, when he takes the Bible and tries to beat me to death with the Bible, when he locks up all the money so I can't get to it, I have to ask him for five dollars to put into the gas tank when I work a forty hour a week job. Jesus. There are all kinds of ways that you can be abused. Mm. So it's like, you know, we need we need to get that. I you know, one of the ladies that attended the place, she's I think she said she was seventy six. And she said, ma'am, let me tell you something. My whole life, you know, my dad used to tell us the same thing. Hey, he's not beating you. What are you complaining about? She said, I never knew those things were considered abuse. They told us that's just the way marriage works. Wow. Wow. And And it's sad. And again, like you said, generation to generation. Yeah, that generation to generation. That's what we tell. Because we're living in most of us are living paycheck to paycheck. No, you don't want anybody to call the police on Rashi because your rent is $1,500 a month. He pays $800 of that. If you put it in the in jail, he doesn't have a job anymore. Where am I getting that $800 to Amen. make up the difference? I mean, be real. And you know, they talk, oh, the no, name of that place. Yes, you do need to tell, but, you know, let, let's be real. This is the kind of thing that happens. This is what we have to deal with. Uh. 
And in the wow. current climate, you, you have to be leery about calling the police anyway. Yes, I know police listen, but that's okay. I say it anyway. Call because you want to make sure that when Rodney he gets out of jail, it's not because they're going to throw dirt on him. Because that's a, that's a very real fear for us. That's a re- very real fear for you. Have you do what image do you want your children to have of their dad? Yes, you know he shouldn't be saying that and doing that in front of your kids. And a lot of times we don't we don't process that. Kids don't pay attention to what you say. Kids pay attention to what you do. Right. So exactly. when when Shakina yeah when Shakina sees daddy calling you that name, talking about how stupid you are, talking about all these other things. So when she gets fifteen. And Jamal starts telling her those things about her when he falls off, just tapping her forehead. Girl, you so silly. <laughs> oh, God, go sit down. And now when she's 28 and he's throwing, he's throwing her head against the wall, you stupid. She's mm. already been conditioned that that's an okay thing to do. That's part of having a man. Jesus. LaVon, I hope you have a question lined up because Jeanette then left me over here speechless. I just... <laughs> I'm saying it. And, and, and if I'm talking too much, just tell me to slow down. No. Slow down. And I mean, uh-uh. I, I think for anyone that's listening that wanted to fully understand the creative activist, I think you just summed it all up because you are being that voice for the people and you bring in the realness because, like you said, so much of what you're saying is like hitting home and there's probably people listening, you know, in the audience that's listening and are thinking, oh, my gosh, wow, you know, why haven't anyone said that? Because we have lived those generational, you know, stereotypes and curses that we're holding on to because we're thinking it's better to have a piece of a man than to have no my own being. Mm-hmm. And to be whole mm-hmm. and complete within myself. So I think you've just really – solidified for us activists because you are truly being that voice, you know, that voice of reasoning, that voice of hope, that voice of knowledge, that voice of understanding, of wisdom. So um, I'm like I'm, I'm like Valencia. I'm just sitting here like speechless because it has to be hard. How, where, I would ask, well, how do you get the courage or where does your courage come from to be that voice? Because it can be hard to really be real, to show these real stories and to portray the realness. How do you get, where your courage? I, I think it comes from living, almost every character I write, there's a little bit of me somewhere in there. Uh, it's either me or somebody in my family, somebody I know. So I've seen how that plays out. I've seen, you know, how the, I've lived through some of that playing out. Okay, so in order to, it's not just about saving me. At some point, we have to get out of the me, me, me syndrome, and it's not just about saving me because if I can save me and then I can save you, then you can save LeVon, then LeVon can save Susie, then Susie can save Anita, Anita can then save somebody else, and pretty soon we've got a movement. Uh. Have, have and that, you gives, ever... that gives courage to someone else to do it. Right. Have you ever had anyone... Uh, that you know see one of your productions and say, hey, was that about me? Well, have we you have ever had say that, that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like somebody, you know, like your third cousin. 
All the time. You know, my cousin Shirley, she was in the same thing. Yeah. Did you know how she was married to Joe? Did you know? No, I don't know Shirley or Joe. Now, you know, I don't know them. But I can, I can tell you I write about life, and what I know for sure is life happens to us all. Mm. And so, no, I didn't wow. know. I had one lady tell me that she was going to talk to her lawyer because what I, what I wrote would hit so close to home, she thought I had stolen her story. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And I said, well, that's it. And, well, it made me do something I should have been doing. It made me put the disclaimer in the front. You know, everybody here is fictional. I'm not, you know, there's no one real living or dead, you know, that I'm talking about in these plays. They're all created characters. But a lot of them, you know, some of them come out, and it's, it's one of my, my favorite, okay, I want to say my favorite stories is once this lady, uh, we were rehearsing, and she came in uh, out of the rain. And I kept looking because I was trying to figure out why she was in there. She said, it was cold and it was raining, lady. I'm not trying to see your show. And she was very, very yeah. aggressive. And so I said, oh, okay. Uh, so I just turned around and we just kept rehearsing. And then uh, the next week she just stopped in for a minute because it was raining again. And she said, I'm not here. I said, that's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But she said, I might, you know, if I'm free that night, I'm, I may try to come by and see it. Okay, well, that's fine. We'd love to have you. And so I didn't think any more about her. But, you know, people say that all the time. And so we did the show, and after it was over, we were striking the set, and I looked back, and she was standing kind of in the middle of the room. And I was like, oh. And so I, I walked back. She said, she said I, well, I told you I'd try to come. I said, well, I'm glad you did. She said, well, she said, let me tell you something, lady. I don't know you, and you don't know me, right? Right. Five years ago, my daughter and I had a big argument during Thanksgiving. We both said some things we probably shouldn't have. But since that time, we stopped talking. She lives 200 miles from here. No Christmas cards, no birthdays, no grandkids' parties. No, she doesn't talk to me. I don't talk to her. That's the way wow. it's been. I don't even know what we really thought about that Thanksgiving. But she said, but she pointed me and said, you know what? I said, I know it's almost 10 o'clock, but I'm getting ready to go home and call my daughter. Wow. I said, wow. And that made me cry. That made me wow. cry. Because I, to me, the play was not that kind of impactful. Oh, and so, wow. And that lets you know that stories let you know, know that different people are in different places. Mm-hmm. And being in different places, you know, means their reaction to things are going to be different. What they've lived through is going to take them to a different place that maybe you would have ended up given that same set of circumstances. And she just, she said, yeah. She said, I'm going to go call my daughter. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Thank Okay, okay, because I'm thinking that it really, I'm really thinking that, you know, play, my play is just something for you to come out and have a good time at, and then you go home, and nothing really happened. You know what I mean? Nothing really happened. We had a good time. You went out and maybe had dinner or whatever. And when she said that, it just, that just stuck with me. It, and, I, and I couldn't, I didn't ask her, you know, what, hap- what part of the play did that? I know what happened. Mm-hmm. What character, you know, made you think you needed to go do that or you know, was there a particular line? Or... And she just left. And I've never seen her. I, I'm just assuming she I've never seen her since that time. Do you but ever that is, replay that's that? stuck with me. Do you ever the, replay the that in your mind trying to figure out what part of the play, you know, like yes, what caused that reaction? I did. I, did. Wow. I, kept, I, and I just couldn't figure out what it was. I, I, you know what I'm saying? I said, I, nothing... Nothing to me was strong enough to make her want to make that move. I said maybe she was already leaning that way, and something mm-hmm. she saw just kind of pushed her, you know, on over mm-hmm. to, um, you know, to calling her daughter. 
uh, or maybe somebody, one of the actresses, maybe reminded her of her daughter, or you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. I honestly don't know. Wow. I don't know what uh, triggered that. But you know, but we get that all the time. You know, that happened to me. Uh, you know, the, the one that we always laugh at is that we did one because I do domestic violence. I do everything. And so the guy was beating the woman, was beating his uh, wife. And you know, one of the ladies started up. So when we turned the lights off, she started screaming, "Turn the lights on! Turn the lights on! He's beating her!" And so I'm like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a play. It's a play. Oh wow! Uh, he's not doing that. And then a lady told me like six months later, we were at a wedding. She said, "I need to tell you something." She said, no, when we went to that play, that tall guy. That, I said, yeah, I remember him. She said, when he started beating that girl, and I don't think I'm stupid. I'm not stupid. Uh, I knew it was a play. But when I looked at him beating her, it gave me a flashback to my first husband and how he used to beat me when we were married. And that was when I was in my 20s. She said, and I started patting around in my purse to see if I had my pistol with me. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And I said, no, sweetie, it was a play. It was a play. I know. I know. I don't know what that was about. I just know that when he started doing that, it was like I just when I flashed back and I looked at him and I saw my ex husband's face and I just started feeling around in my purse, thinking, "Oh no, not again." Like, okay. Oh my But well, I think um, people underestimate the power of of the written word, much less you know when you turn that written word into a, a stage play. So yeah. when you think about did you always intend to write plays or did you write books and write plays or like how, how did that process, you know, was that something you did as a, as a young lady or, you know, what was your your process? I used to have a lot of issues and my way of dealing with them since I didn't have anybody to talk to was to write plays. Now at the time I didn't know I was writing a play. I'm thinking I'm writing a story. And so, but I'm writing, you know, he said this, then she said that, then he threw the pot, and, and, and that's what I'm writing. And so we were in school, and uh, one of my uh, my civics teacher, it, you know, when I got to class, he said, I need that yellow one because I was writing in a legal pad. I, I still like to write out pen, pen and paper. And he said, give me, I said, oh, I said, for what? And he said, no, he said, every time I see you, I said, I didn't write on it in class. He said, no, I'm not saying that. What I'm trying to say is that you're so intense. When you're writing, I just want to see what it is that you're writing. And I, and I, I guess it don't. And so he took it, and at the end of school, he told me to come back and get it. And I went back, and before he gave it to me, you know, he he, he handed it to me, and he kind of pulled it back. He said, "Who did you copy this from?" Oh. And I, was like, I didn't copy it from anybody. <laughs> no, so you seriously he said you're not in trouble. Just tell me, you know, who what did who did you copy this from? I said, "You just said you saw me writing all the time. You had to see I wasn't copying anything." Oh, and wow. so he said, well, I, I said, I'll tell you what you do. If you can find the kids to perform in this play, I will stay after school and let you use my room to rehearse and then let you put on the show and invite other students sure. to come see it. And I was oh, like, wow. wow. And we just, we had, we wow. just had a little, it was, we made a new, we had a little band come in. <laughs> And some guys that, that we went to school with, they played guitar. <laughs> we had them burn their stuff. And, and, and I feel if, if Earlene Irby is anywhere where she can hear my voice, I would love for her to contact me because she, uh, 
this when I and I know Aretha Franklin just died, and this she was probably four foot ten. She if she was she had really bold legs. If she straightened up her legs, she was probably nine, five nine. But and she was really quiet in school. And but she came out. And she wanted to participate. And I'm like, okay, what can we get her to do? I can sing. All right. And we think, okay, you're not in the choir. I know, but I can sing. And so I said, so we decided, okay, what we're gonna do is we're gonna get the record. We're gonna put it on, and we're just gonna turn the volume up loud and let her listen. <gasps> so we turn on our respect, and we turn and she and she, and she said, turn up louder. And I want to say louder. She said, you can turn up a little bit louder. I did. When I tell you, she blew everybody out of that room. She danced wow. on stage. She did her dips and trips and stuff. And her voice, my God. Even the teacher said, Where? said how did that voice come out of that little body? It was just wow. amazing. It was just amazing. And, I know, and I've written over 130 plays, but I can still remember the name of that play, which is something that's almost similar to what I wrote a few years ago, because that play was called When All Men Will Be Brothers. Oh, wow. And it was about you know it was about gangs you know and, and black guys killing you know beating up and beating killing each other uh, at that age and then you know a few years ago I wrote Don't Call Me Brother which is about a, mm-hmm. a Black Lives Matter but it's from a policeman's perspective. Mm. But yeah, it, it it's it's an interesting journey and when people tell me that they can't write, I'm always like I I don't understand because I can't not write. So I don't know when people tell me that they can't. I don't understand. Yes, because my my I, mind is never still. There's never a time when I can't do a story. Wow. So, just, so when you getting ready to go, oh, so go when you so when you when was it that you first um, had produced your like first quote unquote like stage play like it was on a Stage, outside on the, the classroom. Stage. Now, when when I did it outside of the church, because I did it for years with the church, uh, with youth department, and finally with adults, and so finally when there was a shift in the direction that the church was going, um, the way that I wrote was no longer needed. And while I was upset at the time, that my husband and my mother told me at the same time, no, you've been stopped from doing plays at church. You have not been stopped from doing plays. And God wouldn't have given you a gift to shortchange it like that. And so I just went out. I said, you know, you're right. And I went. I had no idea what I was going at, doing at the time. I went to the theater. I said, okay, I already have the script. <laughs> I'll take my script. God, I need a theater. I said, okay, I need some people to act in this. Let me go call some people that went the first time, fill in with some other people I don't know. Let's get a little music going in the background. Okay, I need somebody that can work the lights, somebody that can work the sound. Oh, I need to get some microphones. And we did it, and and I'm bear in mind, I'm I, I, I've always done things inside the church, so I'm doing something on my own for the very first time, and because I'm working out of anger or whatever it is, I was too proud to ask anybody for help. I just did it, mm. and so I was thinking, okay, I don't know, and then 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 the fear sets in, okay, you have all this stuff, and okay, how do you get people to come and see this play? And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? So I went back to the people that had had uh, participated in church and said, oh, yeah, we're going to come to Like, okay, okay, but I need more people than that. And so I don't even, I honestly don't know how it, well, God probably made it happen. God made it happen. 
but we sold out of that performance two weeks before the wow. show opened, which wow. is unheard of for a, a new show and a new playwright. Huh. That's amazing. I couldn't believe it. And people were calling me, we need tickets. I don't have any. Okay, well, I only need three. I, I don't have any. Okay, well, what if you just give me two? Okay, I... No, I said I'm not. I'm not trying to build up the hype because I didn't. I didn't know how to hold back comp tickets. I didn't know. I didn't know right. any of that. And so I just sold all the tickets. I just sold them all. And they were like, "Okay, well, you got it." I said, "People came in, and there were people." And I, I forgot to tell the people, the ushers on the door, that you know you can't, you know, they're fire code, so you can't allow. You know, you can only allow the people that have tickets. You know, that have um, right get in. Mm-hmm. Well, they started paying cash coming to the door. And so oh my God. Said, okay, you're, they came and said, okay, you're in violation of the code. I said, I'm in violation of what? And she said, look. And so I went back and I looked out. The, there were people standing along the wall. There were people sitting on the steps. And I was like, oh, my God. God. Said, okay. And so the runner said, okay, you guys have to move. You can't be on the steps. You cannot be sitting on the steps. The fire marshal will come in here and find us for days. And they got up and they moved, and I said, okay, 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 that took care of that. And she came back about an hour. They're back on the steps. I said, oh, God. I said, I don't, I said, I don't know. I said, well, I, my thought was, okay, the play will be over in 20 minutes. Unless the fire marshal gets here in those 20 minutes, I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I just let them, I just let it keep rolling, and it worked out fine. It worked out fine. But I, the part that I know was God, we got to intermission, and I'm thinking, okay, everything was great. Uh, this is my first time out. You know, our friends are calling me tomorrow. How's it going? How's it going? Oh, it's going great. And the lady comes. We didn't hear it outside, but said there was a horrible thunderstorm that had hmm. knocked out the Transformers, and they came in at intermission, and the lady at the theater said, okay, I've just talked to the director, and she says you have to clear the theater. I don't, I, I'm sorry? She says you have to clear the theater. Wow. She said, so she took me out and showed. The wind was blowing so hard when she unlatched the back door, it threw it against the metal rails. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. She said, and then the lights went out. And we're sitting there, said, no air conditioning. I'm in Texas. No air conditioning. No lights. And I had been at Fry's earlier today, and they had these little two, three-inch uh, mint green flashlights. And mm-hmm. I just thought they were so cute. I said, I picked up a couple because they were 99 cents, and the spirit said, get some more. So I just went and grabbed up an armful of them and got to check out. Darn, I didn't get uh, batteries. Well, I, you know, I don't need them right now. I'm not going to worry about it. And so we got there, and I looked, I, I looked at the bag of, of flashlights. I said, why didn't you get batteries? Why didn't you get batteries? <laughs> and one of the crew said, your husband said that he had stopped by CVS, and he had bought a big family pack of batteries, and they'll fit into these flashlights that he did wow. not know I had bought. He didn't know I had bought those flashlights. And he came back, and so I dealt with that. We prayed, and I looked at her and said, ma'am, you're going to have to clear the theater. She said, there's no other choice. I said, yeah, there is one. And she said, no, you're going to, I said, you're going to have to give you're going to have to give back the money and let them go. I said, okay, hold on. If they can see, so we don't want anybody tripping. I said, but if we can get light. She said, but the lights are out. If we can get light, can we go on? Wow. Well, yes, but you have to get the audience to agree. And so I, I took a deep breath and I said, okay, I just want to, and I never like to speak in front of people. And I just said, okay, this is the deal. Uh, there's a, there's a, a lightning, a lightning storm out there. It's knocked out the transformer. 
Okay, we don't have lights. We don't have air conditioning. Uh, we have no idea. They said it may not come back on until morning. Said, but what we have, we have a lot of flashlights here that we can provide light. If you need to get to the restroom, the officers will get you to the restroom. And we have enough flashlights. You want to put them on both sides of the stage and flash them onto the to the uh, stage to show you what you know to show you what's happening on stage. But for any of you who do not want to stay, we will refund your money and let you go. Now, out of all those people there, we had three people leave. Wow. And I was like, that's that's the best. Oh my God, that's God. Yeah, that's God showing me that it's not about me. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I said, okay, okay. And we got through it. We got everybody out of there. We went upstairs, and as soon as the last person got upstairs to the foyer, the lights came back on. Yes, indeed. God has a way of showing himself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was about that, and that was it because I was sitting there like, oh, my God, I can't send all this. i got to pay for this. Later. I can't send, give you the money back. And it was just like, okay, okay. And so then after that, we just kept going with the next play, and every, you know, everything kind of has a theme cause I, or issue because I'm, I'm, I really promote a lot of issues. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we did one, uh, the Silent City, which is uh, domestic abuse in the church. Where we sometimes mm. like see and don't see, or see and pretend yeah. like we don't see, and you know, so we, you know, we we've done though, so, and they come out, which is good. Uh, you know, people are they've been very supportive, so I'm 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 thankful for that. And then eventually, I had I got the courage to submit to the festival, and so I'm going. I yeah. said, okay, I'm I'm only going to do black dances, so I did the DC. Black Theater Festival and the Atlanta Black Theater Festival and got picked up for both. Wow. And then one. <laughs> and then one. So uh, to kind of talk about uh, ABTF, Atlanta Black Theater Festival, when you, let's talk about clean sheets. Just because they don't talk about it, doesn't make it a secret about uh, about clean sheets. Clean sheets, and I'm going to tell. We've done readings on that, and I'm I'm going to tell you what's said about it. Every time I start telling somebody what the story is about, is every invariably, invariably they say, "Okay, every family, every black family has one of those." And I said, "Okay, so what do we do about nothing? We just we just don't you know don't don't go over there." You, and so I'm I'm thinking. Mm. I said, "Okay, so." What happens if they tell Valencia, okay, when Uncle Henry's over there by himself, you don't go over there. They don't tell you why. They just tell you don't go over there if his wife's not home. And then they tell me, don't go over there if his wife's not home. My mama or whoever tells me. But say they forget to tell LaVon. Or Mm. LaVon's a friend from school, and she comes down the street, and she's looking for Valencia. And Uncle Henry's on the porch. Mm-hmm. And she's like, is, is Valencia over here? Yeah, she's in the back, going in. And then he follows her in. And then he mm-hmm. does what men like Uncle Henry do. And then when when LeBron comes back and she needs to tell somebody what happened, we tell her, but he's well-respected. He's the breadwinner in the family. 
you know, this would kill his wife if she found out about that. And what about his kids? Do you know how bad that they're going to feel? And nobody in the family is going to like you anymore if you oh. do this. And unfortunately, that that's the conversation that you will hear. Yeah. That wow. generation, generation, that is the conversation that the person who's been victimized will hear. As their as, so as grip flips. Now you are no longer the victim, but you are the one who is trying to victimize the family. Mm. Yep. Yeah. And so that's what we did with Clean Sheets. Okay, let let's start ripping some of these band-aids off. Because just because this is just because we don't discuss it, it doesn't mean that people don't know. Yeah. That's true. When you go up to the old man's house in that curb up there and you go in there and stay for two hours and they know he's single and they know you're 14, they have an idea what's happening in that house. Yep. Oh, yeah. But they're not going to tell. They'll, they'll talk to each other about it, but they're not going to do anything to stop it. You hear, Well, she didn't have no business going in there. It's okay. She's 14, so then what? Yep. She drives a car at 14 and she has a wreck and kills herself where she should have died because she shouldn't have been driving the car? Mm. Wow! Is that our thought process? Is that our thought process? You do what you're not supposed to do, and so whatever happens to you is okay. It doesn't work like that. It shouldn't work like that. And that's what so, we have to get. Well, you know, don't go ahead. No, I was gonna say. Um, so in the play, the the main character. Go, goes home for a funeral and the biggest decision she has to make, and I'm just kind of just reading over some different uh, things and notes I have about the play, is, you know, whether she wants to deal with it or not. And I think a lot of times, um, you know, like, like like it says, you know, just because they don't talk about it doesn't make it a secret. And I know, and I'm like a hundred percent sure that ninety nine point nine percent of the the people I know can say the same. We all know that we all um, know that thing that happens or goes on when you're a kid, or you know that when you're a kid, and then when you get older, <laughs> you know, it, it, especially if you like me, okay, and then mm-hmm. you say, well, hold on. X, Y, and Z happened, and y'all knew, then it's like, oh, girl, forget about that. And I'm speaking of personal yes. personal experience because when I had the audacity to write a few things in, in one of my books, you know, a lot of my family decided not to, um, you know, they had feelings about it or, or whatever else. So just because you're mad about it don't make it not be true. Yeah, and, and, and so I, it's more about the embarrassment. Right. Right. And it's like they don't think about who the victim is, who the real victim is. To mm-hmm. them, no, you're hurting the whole family because you told, but you get around to, okay, but what about my hurt? Because it's quite as right, mm-hmm. it has to go somewhere. You don't just mm-hmm. get hurt like that and it just disappears. Okay, it's been four weeks, you don't think about it anymore. It's, it's, not, a, it's not that you scraped your knee. And it's going to heal, and there may be a little scar. 
this is this happens inside of you. And like anything else, if you don't treat it the way it needs to be treated, it will not heal. So you're gonna live you're gonna live a lifetime with a scab that could have been a scar twenty years ago. Wow. As you as you wrote uh, clean sheets, because I know sometimes as a, a writer, and I love both fiction, nonfiction, sci-fi, any any area of of writing and different things like that. But as you write a character, you immerse yourself into that character. So did you find yourself going through? The, the emotions, the, the hurt, the pain, the anger. The, the crying, that the, yeah, character the, crying, was, the yeah. anger, the, the wishing that he was here so I could punch him in the throat. Yes. <laughs> yes. See, I wasn't going to say that, <laughs> that part. Thank part. you for saying that for me. That part. <laughs> that part. <laughs> yeah, and, and then you get upset because you're looking around at people that, that you know knew, and it's like, okay, you were an adult. You were supposed to be my protector. Mm. That's what mm. you were supposed to do. But now you want to tell me to forget it or act like it never happened. Yeah. Or just inter- but you internalize it, and it has to go somewhere. And it's like in the play. It's coming out somewhere. It's going to come out with drugs. It's going to come out and drink. It's going to come out with aggression. It's going to come out sexually. Yeah. It's got, there are all kinds of ways that it's, it's, it's coming out. Mm. Yeah. It's coming out. That so, is you know, going that, to bring... Um, I was going to say it's going to bring a lot of healing and open up, hopefully, a lot of discussions. Because when we talk about, you know, generational uh, curses and and blessings, sometimes the blessings come because the curses are are hidden or sweeped up under the rug or or an outcast. And and, and that's what people don't understand. It's going to hurt. It's you know yeah. it's not gonna oh I'm gonna tell this and I'm gonna exhale and oh God okay now I feel so much better no there's gonna be some pain there's going to be some pain and probably not just you but there there in order for you to heal there has to be some pain because you now have to open that scab you know you can't start from the place where it's, where the scab has has kind of healed over okay we're gonna start from that day no you have to go from what caused the scab. Yeah. That's where you have to start. You know, so you go back to where that is, and then sometimes you have to look at it because we don't even associate some of the things that we do as adults with what happened to us when we were children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've been mistreated all the time. You were little, but now that you're twenty five, thirty, you want to fight everybody. You know, anybody okay, says the wrong thing, they're gonna that. get cussed out and pushed out. <laughs> I know some people may be listening in that that right now are probably like, yep, that's that's G baby. Um, <laughs> that's my I don't want to say that's my alter ego, but that's who I used to be because it's easier to display anger um, than anything than hurt. And so yeah, you know when I talk about yeah, anger is easy, and I could swing with the best of them, and it was easier for me to be angry and, and swing than to deal with the fact that, you know, and I'm just talking about my own personal feelings and, and things. Um, it was easier for me to deal with that than deal with the fact that I felt guilty for letting somebody victimize me. 
So now exactly. I'm going to have, you, you know, so that in in a way to, quote, unquote, take my power back, I'm swinging on everything moving. Thank God right. I, I grew from that. <laughs> you know? That's well, a, some some of us are still a work in progress, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't even know what to say, LaVon. <laughs> But you know, it, but that's that's how it is. Cause you know, I, I, baby, when I tell people now, they talk, they used to talk about how mean I am, and I, if I tell somebody that now, they're like, no, oh, oh honey, <laughs> I made up cuss words. <laughs> I, I, I did, I didn't just say the ones that were out there. I made up words, you know, to, to get you to back up off of me. You know, you you, you uh, need to go somewhere and sit down. I. Oh, you okay? Oh, you think you're too big for me? Okay, let me show you. I'm gonna go put some salt and some pepper in my hand, and when I throw it in your eyes, and you start grabbing your eyes, and I can put it somewhere else. Uh, okay, let me stop because don't give anybody any ideas. But anyway, <laughs> I'm, I need to classes in session because I need to write that down just in case. <laughs> oh gosh, you know, I started. I'm 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 being good. I'm being good. But you never, you know, I y'all know I take all kind of self defense and kickboxing and stuff like that. I ain't learned that in class. I, no, I, we, I, they this, didn't this, teach this me is, that. You know, this, this is a this is a mock class that we that we teach. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, just just in case you got a minute. But the good thing is we can laugh, you know, and joke about this now because, we, like you yeah, said, we've yeah. grown and some of us are in, still yeah. in that process. But for that person that may be watching your play that has not, you know, gotten to that place where they're, you know, they've come to terms with it and they, like the woman you stated before, have that flashback. And mm-hmm. now they're left with sitting there with these emotions, do you offer or what do you have to say to them, you know, that there you have to deal with this? Like you say, you can't just allow that pain to go on. You have to go back to those um, repressed memories. What do you share? Do you okay, offer and, and there are several ways. Yeah, one we tell you, there is absolutely, in fact, I don't know how we can stress this enough. There is absolutely nothing, 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 Nothing wrong with seeking professional help. Mm. Nothing wrong. Seek out, find someone that you can deal with on the level that you know that you're compatible. There's nothing wrong with that. Seek out, and if you can't, if you're not that far along that you can actually make that step. What I would suggest, and I'm by I'm no means by no means a therapist or anything, but I found that this can sometimes start that therapeutic wheel turning. Write a letter. Write a letter to yourself as you were at the time the transgression happened and write a letter to the other person, whether they're living or dead. Write a letter to the person who violated you, telling them what them violating you did to you. Because oh, wow. sometimes just getting it out starts it. You know, it, can, it starts the process. Mm-hmm. We, but we've been conditioned to say, okay, we don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. No, I don't want to talk about it. But then you can see other things happen to other people 
you know, there was a, a a guy in our neighborhood that we knew was a pedophile. We knew we didn't know it was a pedophile. We just know he liked to mess with young kids. And mm-hmm. you could tell when he moved on to his next victim because he would start buying gifts. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you see Susie and Susie's got the little cute necklace that probably didn't cost the five dollars, but to Susie that's oh wow, isn't that pretty? Where'd you mm-hmm. get oh he said he said he saw it, he just thought of me. Mm. Okay, which is where our parents get don't accept gifts. Yeah, wow. don't accept gifts. Oh, he's going to take you school shopping. I know your mama's money is tight, but I'm going to, I'm going to take you and buy you some clothes, and you can just tell her that you uh you put them in the layaway and you use your babysitting money to get them out. Second clue: if they tell you you have to lie to your parents, you already know. Break camp. Wow. You know, they're just things that we you know that we need to look for. When you see them, oh, yeah, and when that one's the always the one that they have to make a comment to. And and you know it, but it's like we don't want to say anything because yeah. we don't want to rock the boat. You know, suppose, that, that, suppose that's the benefactor of the family. Uh-huh. You know, when your car note is due, you can get money from him. Our utilities getting ready to go off, or somebody needs a prescription field. This is person because they have the money, so we don't want to make them mad. The family depends on them. But what you don't realize you're saying in that same breath is, so we're going to allow her to be sacrificed, so that we can keep our money bank going. Mm-hmm. Now you don't think of it that way. We're big on well. What happens in our house stays in our house, and no, we don't be telling stories yeah. out of school. But okay, let let's stop that lie because we tell everything else. Huh? That's the you don't you don't say you don't tell Facebook that you saw Cyril Ramona no. at, at the no tell motel. You gonna say that the church caught cut the pastor an extra five hundred dollar check? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you gonna tell, you're gonna tell everything else there is to tell. So why not that? Wow. Those things usually don't hurt anybody, but that. What, what about that? Because every time that you violate a child, and I know that the therapist may not agree with me, but trust me on this one, every single time a child is violated, there's a part of them that dies that yeah. they will not get back. Yes, they can get therapy and learn how to deal with it, but they don't get that back. Amen. Why do you guys have me talking so much? Huh? No, wow. I think this is class. Class, this is you teaching. <laughs> you you, yeah, you teaching because it's it's what it's real. Yeah, and it's what the audience you know needs to to hear. Um, you know, which is one of the reasons why, you know, we discuss certain topics or even bring other people on because this is the story of so so many people, whether it happened to them or somebody they know, um, these are things that, that need to be discussed. And I love the fact that, you know, you had the audacity, how dare you expose something that happens every day, you know, and I I love that you are the queen creative activist. See, I put queen on it. 
I'm um, going to say, okay, wait, wait, now she gave me a title. <laughs> yes. have a, a title, like, it's, but it, it's serious um, discussion, and I don't know for Queen LaVon, but I know for me, definitely every, everything that you've said, and I, I've shared this before, because um, I feel like it's, quote-unquote, strong and brave as people see me or whatever have you for me to be honest about my experiences with being violated as a child or my experience with being um, in domestic violence. Like, when I realized that this wasn't my, my baggage to carry, shame on you for having done this to me, and I gave it a, a voice, it, it really helps other people. You know, and for them there, to there are some to people speak. that are too scared to to open up, and the fact that you did, they can look at you and say, "Okay, well, she not only did she open up, but look at her, she still holds, she's yeah. still she's still making moves, she's still a strong woman." Yes, she may have gotten knocked yeah. down, but she got the, the the best definition for success is you get up one more time and you fall down, and pick if up. If you can some do that, you succeeded. You don't start it with her. You you know, look, I'm gonna be it's gonna be shows to come a month down the line. Wait, wait till I see see you in person. I'm gonna have, I promise, I'm gonna have a salt and pepper. Shaker with your name engraved on it for you to, and it's gonna say "Define You Radio" on the other side. Um, yeah, I, I got I got a lot of things that they thought that was a horrible thing for me to do. Uh, well, I thought what he did was horrible, but you didn't have hmm. a problem with that. Yeah. So Let me you find, didn't I'm step up for me that I had to step up for myself. Yeah. And and I I love that I want to um, talk about with clean sheets because you're it's a staged reading and Miss Tony talked about that last week. Um, so if mm-hmm. you could tell us a little bit about that and how we can see it because it will be at Atlanta Black Theater Festival. So tell us a little bit about the staged reading of clean sheets. Okay, now the uh, staged reading means that it, it, it has. It's, we, I call it putting legs on it. You know, you don't just write the end and then throw it on the stage. So it's kind of workshopped, and you, you know, after you workshop it, you revise it, uh, and you get it to the point where, okay, now it is something that people can see. So a stage, re- a stage reading at, at the base level is simply a de- developmental process. Okay, you know, I've looked okay. at it. I've read it. I've done that. I've sent it to you. You looked at it. You know, you had some input. You know, I may or may not take what you said. Go back, revise it some more, drop it for a minute, let it breathe, come back and look at it, see if I have any other ideas about it. Maybe get a few friends together in a room uh, to just kind of go over it to see where where I'm not reading, where it's somebody else reading so I can hear it. Some playwrights like to just read it out loud, and that's a good way to catch grammatical errors. But for me, it's not so much a great way to catch story flow. So, I, you know, you let, you'll get a box of Popeye's chicken and with some mashed potatoes or whatever, and make some red Kool-Aid, and sitting down the house or beer, whatever, whatever your beverage of choice is. Totally up to you. Just don't let them drink too much before they read, and then just let them read the script, and you listen. You sit back, 
and you don't talk. You don't explain if there's something that they question or they don't understand. You know, you write those things down because you need to think about it now. So is that a hole or is that is that their is it a perception issue for them? And so you need to go back and you, you kinda you know, you, you, you still you're still stirring the pot. You're still stirring the pot. Okay, so after that, then you would go and you would have a table read. Now, some people call that chicken thing a table read, but I do, I, I do a more structured table read where I'm going to call in some actors. We're going to sit around the table, and I'm going to sit back, and I'm going to listen to the actors read one because they're going to probably read it with more voice inflection. I'm going to give them an idea of who each of the characters are and, and their personality so they can kind of put that in the way they read. And then I'm going to listen, then we're going to ask, then I'm going to have them ask me a question. Okay, what about the story flow? Is there a hole in there? Is there any place in there where it didn't really make sense or it didn't connect? Or, you, know, or what, you tell me what you think the story is about because almost everything has to have a thing. So you tell me what the story is about because not if, every, if, if you wrote a, a play about the resurrection and everybody at the table tells you they're thinking snow and Christmas, you got a problem. Yeah. And you need to go yeah. back and fix that. So now when you get all those little holes plugged, now you can go out and put it in front of an audience that you don't know. And it, it, even though you do want to have some friends there, it, to me it's better if they don't know you. They may not even know your work. And now you, you put the – what you normally see at a stage reading is you're going to see people dressed in black, uh, sitting on the stage, straight line, music standing in front of them with the script, and they're reading from the script. And they will have voice inflection. And it's not a dry read. They will have voice inflection. You have a narrator who's reading the uh, directions. So, you know, it may be that we were. it starts off with Valencia and LeBron are talking, and they talk for a while, then the, then the narrator will come in and say, and now John is entering the room with a bunch of bags, and he drops them. So that we know now John is in the room, and Valencia is saying, oh, you're making a mess that she's not talking to LeBron, she's talking to John. Um. So, you know, you have someone who reads those directions, so it's clear what's happening, because you're not seeing it. But now the great thing is if the stage reading is done right, you don't know that you're not seeing a play. You're oh. going to get involved in that story, and you're going to follow the story. You're not going to involve, you're not going to follow the third person from the left in black, or the guy second guy from the end. You're not going to think like that. You're going to think, "Ooh, look at John. Ooh, John. Ooh. Oh wow! Did you see Valencia? She was crying. Yeah, I would have cried too. That ugly cry. Yeah, the, oh, yeah, that that Mahalia, Jan, that Mahalia Jackson monkey cry. Uh, so, you know, and so I kind of take it a, a bit, a little bit further. I like for my stage readings for the people to dress as their character. So if you're the first lady in the play, then you are dressed to the nines. You've got your head tilted at a 30, 70 degree angle. You've got your makeup on, your earrings. And as you read, we, we see that. We see oh. that you're the first lady. If you Rashid and you a street hustler, we're gonna see that you're wearing that cap backwards on your head. You got the the, the gold in, in your mouth or whatever or whatever. You got the t shirt on and you got the baggy pants. We see that's who hmm. you are. So when you're reading, you need to make sure you're reading to reflect what you look like. Vice versa, you need to look like what you're reading. You know, when you're reading. And sometimes when I get really, really lucky, I have a cast who learns their lines. And I would, they keep telling me to stop saying this, but I, I like it, so I say it because I'm, I'm a writer. It's my stuff. I can call it what I want to call it. Uh, <laughs> I call it a dramatized stage reading. 
where okay. they don't need those notebooks. They don't need a set, but they're going to walk around it and they're going to act it out without the set. Yes. Hmm. So that you, get a, you get a feel for Yes, you can follow the story, but you can also get a feel for what it would look like had it been actually put on the stage. Okay. I'm yeah. excited. I'm ready. And now I get to tell you, and there's a big twist at the end. <laughs> oh, uh. man. Y'all got an exclusive. <laughs> you got an exclusive, yes. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to to definitely see it and experience it and probably, you know, as it's being, you know, read on on stage, so to speak, I will have a mango, frozen mango margarita and some Popeyes, Shannon, if you're listening. I will have my card <laughs> and um get ready to do my my ugly cry. Um, oh yeah. So to get, to but there's get a lot of tickets. fun in it too. I mean, it's not all all bad. There's a lot of fun in it too. So to get the so tickets, I, you go I'll to be the laughing. Uh, AB- yeah, there I'll be, be laughing oh, yeah. in between my yeah, ugly cries. There, <laughs> one of the one of the reasons that we can't let kids in is because one of the reasons we'll be laughing. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but you have to come to see it to understand that. I'm I'm gonna be yeah. there. I will be there and I know uh Shannon plans on coming, uh and we're gonna Levon coming. That's not a question. Um Lord, I'm like how we can take one of those days and go sit down and talk about it. And I'm gonna yeah. have a talk back. If we have, I think we do it until we're gonna have a talk back after it's over. When we talk about, you know, the theme of the show and, you know, how do you think, how would you oh. handle it in your family or do you have issues like that in your family? And if so, has it been difficult and bring them to the forefront or are you like most of us where, you know, we uh, make amends for what happens? Mm-hmm. Because in this particular one, uh, the uncle and the aunt pay for the college education of all the nieces. So you don't have to worry about applying for grants. You don't have to worry about anything else. They make sure that you have some place to stay, something to eat, and that your education is paid for, which is a wonderful blessing to have when you come from a family that doesn't have a lot of money. And all it costs you is your peace of mind and Mm -hmm. your innocence. That's what you deal with. But the cost of that education is. Not the dollars that have accumulated after four or five years, because some of them they got MBAs. Wow! But there, there's a price. There used to be an acronym. Um, I'm trying to. It was T. I think it was T N. It used to be. It's, it's a long acronym. It was, it was T N S T A E F L. I think, which is something that used to say years ago, so that you would understand. That it just simply means. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Uh, somebody's taking you someplace to do something for you, they're going to want something in return. Exactly. Jesus. Well, Miss Jeanette. <laughs> you gave us an issue tonight. I, I think I've said Jesus more on this show than any any other show. Uh, what you think, Queen Levon? Yes. Yes. 
I, I believe so. Just, I was going to say, like, I'm, I'm going to have to come back and talk about the play because we didn't get so We got know, to it. We got I, to it. We, um, I know, and I'm really, really de- excited to, to see it. It's like when you talk about something that's coming up, you don't know, like, how much to put, you know, put out there. Of course, all the information will be posted on Define You Radio's page. Um, but I definitely suggest to the audience that you get your tickets to Atlanta Black Theater Festival and see the stage reading of Clean Sheets. Yeah, and the website be, is... And as much as we've told, there's still so much that hasn't. So okay, it's, it's not like we wait. gave anything away. Yeah. It's um, it's going to be something to see. I'm going to have to talk to Tony and see if we could do a, a live show. I'll Facebook live and live, all the way live. Um, yes. I, well, I'll tell you, I'm some really, of the actors have told me already, can you get some therapists to be in the audience? Uh, wow. And I said, well, I don't know any therapists in Atlanta, but we can certainly make sure there's some information or something that's around there. Yeah. So. Now, Miss Jeanette, Y'all quick, question. Ready to pull some um, sheets, quick question, because uh, sometimes people that's listening live to the show will inbox us during the show or text. And uh, one of the listeners want to know, are you from Austin? Yes. Okay. Originally, not originally, but I've been here long enough that I'm supposed that I've been told by my that you Austin say from there. that when people ask me, "Am I from Texas?" the answer, Austin, Texas, the answer is yes. Okay. Thank you for answering <laughs> that. Uh, but my people in Ohio I'll, get mad, and they're like, ah. "Okay." But I am a Texan. I I vote here. I live here. I'm a Texan. Okay. I was in in Austin. I think earlier this year, actually acting um, in a play as the jailhouse bully. And I'm just gonna leave that there. Hmm. Um, <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I have to go down my timeline. To see me in my prison uniform with the wig and two ponytails, <laughs> looking like oh, I did two years. Um, it's it's life is very very interesting, and you know I love that you talk about things that should be talked about, and you you're giving the levels to the community and in our story uh, voices, and that that's my Two, yes. three cents. LaVon, would you like to add your, your two, three cents? Your three cents? I mean, mine is the same thing. It's just, it's amazing, much like writing. You know, as authors, I know we we understand the power of our story. And I just think, Jeanette, you have just taken it to another level because you've taken our story and you put it in the lights where people can actually see it. It's it's not just enough to read about it, but they can actually see it. So it's just a powerful, powerful um, message. So I love the term creative activist, and you are wearing that title, queen creative activist, very well. You know, I may write that down now. Claim <laughs> <laughs> it. Yes, yes I, I, my girlfriend used to tell me to say you're a multiple award winning artist. You no, know, saying award winning is fine, but I may I may pick up this queen thing. <laughs> I, 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 hashtag Amen. 
Yeah. You add it, yeah. I, you know, because I'm that that, puts, know, that I... puts your crown on it, put your put your stamp on it, and you already put your stamp on it because I've never heard yeah. that term, but it it makes you know it makes a whole lot of sense, and you know, add the queen onto it, and it's all good. So yeah. <laughs> I look forward to seeing seeing you next. But next month in Atlanta and meeting you and you know like I said I will be in in the audience um, probably doing my ugly cry and my no hold barred laughing. Um, yeah, just don't slide out of the chair. Don't slide out of the chair. <laughs> Better be me. No promises. Look how I act off camera, off mic. It, 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 it there's reason. That's you. That's just you. There's yeah, reason. Uh, Miss Jeanette, how can the audience connect with you and find out more about you and some of your other productions? Okay, we're, today we're trying to update the website, which is jwhillproductions.com. Uh, you can, uh, you can. I have an uh, email list, but if you if you send an email to me at info at jwhillprod.com. I can uh, I can give you the link to get into the mail list. Yay. J W Hill at P R O No, yeah, it's uh you mean the the email address is I N F O at oh. J W Hill P R O D dot com. And I will make sure that is posted. Um Kings and Queens, it's been a great night. Um, I'm inspired to write some stuff tonight. Great. You, ne- you never and know. And I'm just, I'm just so thankful that you, invite, that you invited me on the show. I just want to tell you that I really appreciate that. Well, thank, um, thank you so much. You know, Queens uh, support, support Queens, you know, as long as you don't put take pictures of me doing my ugly cry as I'm watching <laughs> Queen Seat, we'll continue to to remain queen like we'll, we'll be all right. Uh, we'll be all right. That that'll be the the hashtag. Uh, define you radio's host ugly cry. Um, <laughs> yeah. I won't be alone. Thank you so much for taking time uh, time out of your schedule to come on and and share clean sheets and your other works with us. And I I just really we really appreciate you know, the levels of, of queenness that we could even present on Define You Radio. You know, like I mean, that yeah. that's a, you know what I'm saying? You know. We have to lift like each other. We have to lift each other. Yeah. And we're yeah. so multifaceted. That's a $20 word, y'all. Write that down. We're so multifaceted. <laughs> Exactly. And we we've we've added a, another jewel to to the crowns. Like we're limitless yeah. as queens. And like I said, Miss Jeanette, I definitely look forward to meeting you next month and seeing clean sheets and checking out whatever else you have going on. And um, guys, the information will be on Define You Radio's Facebook page, and that's pretty much what I have to say. With that being said, pens and papers down. Class is officially over. Make sure you are connected with tonight's guests and the show. Until next time, remember your past doesn't define you. 
It gives you definition. And what you do with that is up to you. Have a great night. Thank you. Good Good night. night. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Define You Radio. Make sure you connect to the show on Define.